So we're looking at some major doctrines of the Christian faith that help us form a worldview that we can not only believe the truth about God and his word, but also to live it out. The next one we're going to look at today is salvation, which answers the question, can I know God personally? And the answer to that question is a resounding yes. Yes, you can have a personal relationship with God through Christ. And I feel like I'm a living example of that, how God can change a person. You should have seen me before I got saved. Today, we're going to talk about our need for salvation and how God saves us. Now, not all philosophies and religions have a plan of salvation. For instance, secular humanism says no deity can save us. We must save ourselves. And historically, that's been the job of religion. Men trying to save themselves by their own efforts in many ways. But Christianity stands alone and apart from those philosophies in world religions. In fact, the main theme of the Bible is how God has had a plan to rescue human beings from sin to salvation. So the message of the cross of Christ is basic. And I'll bet everyone in here has heard it all before. So one more time won't hurt you. They say that repetition is the mother of all learning. Well, I hope so. I'm going to share quite a few concepts with you. So I hope you take good notes and that you can come back to during the week. And maybe you'll want to drill deeper on one of these. Roman number one, the problem man's need for salvation and letter a the nature of god we really don't comprehend just how offended god is with sin he's furious it's in a personal affront to his holiness the bible says god is angry with sinners every day sinners don't just break a rule they break god's heart they're in armed rebellion against God. If an acquaintance rejects you, that hurts a little bit. When your spouse does, it's devastating. But think when a person rejects God who created them and loves them more than any human could possibly love them. God is love, the Bible says. It also says God is holy. Probably his chief two attributes that describe his being. It says in Habakkuk 1.13, you who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? And Isaiah 6.3, and one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Whenever you see a word, particularly in the Old Testament, used three times in a row, that's the superlative voice of the Hebrew language. It's saying this is the strongest possible use. God is holy, holy, holy. That's who he is in the essence of his being. He's also righteous and just. Holiness has more to do with God's character and righteousness and justice is how God deals with us in light of his holiness. God isn't vindictive. 
He's not capricious. He knows all the facts. And he always judges rightly. And he's loving and merciful. He longs to forgive, but must judge sin. God makes the laws. And if you don't like that, you'll have to take it up with him. He determines the penalty for breaking the laws. Spiritual death. He carries out the sentence of breaking the laws. Physical death and hell. The Bible says God is the judge, jury, and executioner. And that's just how it is. Letter B. The nature of humans. Our nature is the opposite of God's. We aren't holy. We're sinful. We don't just occasionally do something wrong. Our whole bent is away from God. We have a sin nature. Spend time with a two-year-old. And you'll see what I mean. The Bible says we're in Adam. That is, we have a sin nature. Yet we also willingly sin. We agree with Adam's disobedience by willingly disobeying God ourselves. We're all guilty. The Bible says no one is innocent. Ephesians 2.12 says, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And so what are the consequences of being in that state? Physical death eventually, spiritual death, separation from God, being controlled by sin, being slaves of sin, living in a state of spiritual blindness. Not able to understand the things of God, enemies of Christ, objects of wrath, children of the devil, destined for hell. We have to see our dire predicament outside of Christ before we're able to appreciate the good news. Roman numeral two, the solution to sin. So let's see three things that salvation is not. The first, an afterthought. When Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't grab his head and say, oh, no, what just happened? I'm at a loss. They've taken me by surprise. This is a huge problem. What am I going to do now? Secondly, salvation is not something we initiate. Salvation is not us reaching up for God and then he reaches down to us. That we think in our mind, you know what, I'm a pretty good person and I've got a pretty good life. But it sure would be nice to add God to my life. So maybe I'll reach up and I'll start pursuing God. No, the Bible says none of us do that. God always initiates movement toward us first. Thirdly, it's not God's plan B. God tried to save people by the law in the Old Testament, and that didn't work. So he tried the cross in the New Testament. Actually, the Old Testament system of laws and sacrifices are beautiful pictures that point to what Christ did for us. Let me share a few Old Testament types and shadows with you that, that portend our salvation in Christ. The first is the Passover lamb. The people of Israel were slaves in Egypt for some 400 years. 
And they were being delivered by God through mighty acts and miracles. The last one, before they were going to leave Egypt, God commanded them to kill a lamb and spread its blood over the doorposts of their house. And that night, the angel of death would move throughout the land of Egypt, taking away all of the firstborn. But wherever he saw the blood, he passed over that house. Exodus twelve thirteen tells us, The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The blood of that lamb literally saved their lives. Now it says that Jesus is the Lamb of God. In John 1.29, the next day he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That lamb, Passover lamb, was a perfect picture of the Lamb of God who was going to come and save us by his blood. The tabernacle and sacrifices, another beautiful Old Testament picture of salvation. Exodus 25, 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. And so God gave Moses instructions for doing just that. In fact, it took 40 days to download all that information into Moses' mind and took the people of Israel another 13 months to build the, the tabernacle and all the implements for worship. The tabernacle was to be God's dwelling place on earth, sacred space where God would be with them. Such a holy God in the midst of such an unholy people, there needed to be laws, there needed to be animal sacrifices made to atone for their sins so they could be near that God. And these animal sacrifices, the details are long, a long list of details of what particular animal, what particular sin. But only... Their sins were only covered. That means they had to keep offering these animal sacrifices over and over again. But the Bible says Jesus' blood covers our sins forever. Hebrews 10.10 And by that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. A third Old Testament image is the high priest of Israel. Only priests from the tribe of Israel could serve in the tabernacle and offer sacrifices. And only the high priest of Israel was allowed inside the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. And once a year, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies with the blood of a sacrificed goat and sprinkled the blood on the Ark of the Covenant, directly on the lid of the covenant called the Mercy Seat, where God's literal presence on earth dwelt. Now, we know from the dress of the high priest, they wore bells on their lower garments. So when they were in that such a place, you could hear the bells jingling and they would know that the priest is doing well. And later, Jewish tradition says there would be a rope tied around the ankle of the high priest. And if the bells stopped jingling, they assumed that the priest somehow offended God and was struck dead. And they, no one dare go in there, and they would pull him out by the rope. Just a tradition. But the people had a relationship with God through that priest who served as a mediator between them and God. Now, the Bible says, Jesus is our high priest and mediator. 
Hebrews 9, 11 to 14 tells us, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, remember the tabernacle? Not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works, to serve the living God. Now let's look at some things in Roman numeral three. What does salvation picture? The Bible says many things, but I chose seven word pictures, descriptive terms of salvation that give us kind of a, a more comprehensive view of what it is. It isn't just exclusively one thing. It, it's, a, it's like a diamond with many facets, but here's seven. Number one, substitution. Salvation picture substitution, which means someone died in my place. Jesus died in my place is the idea. First Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. We're all Barabbas. Remember him? The day Jesus was executed, there was this murderous criminal who was supposed to be crucified on that third cross. But the Roman governor Pilate let him go free. And Jesus took his place, as it were, instead on that cross. Jesus died in his place. Jesus was made sin for me. He bore my sin in his body, even though he was sinless. He suffered and was tortured there for me. That's one picture of salvation, of substitution. The innocent one goes for the guilty one. Here's another word picture. Justification. Justification. That word means Jesus made me right with God. I have right standing with God. Acts 13.39 says, And by him everyone who believes is freed or justified from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. This is a courtroom word, justify. It means acquittal, where a judge declares you not guilty. He won't hold your sins against you nor punish you in the future because he's already declared you not guilty. That's really good news to have the judge look at you today and say, you're not guilty because of Jesus. A third word picture, reconciliation. Reconciliation means Jesus made peace with God for us. Romans 5.10 For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God... By the death of his son, much more, 
Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? Before, we were estranged from God, not in relationship with him. In fact, we couldn't have a relationship with God. But we're together now because God initiated. He took the first step, not us. And Jesus brought us together with God so we might be at peace with God. Fourth word is adoption. This is a lovely word to picture our salvation. Jesus has made us part of God's family. Romans 8, 15 to 17. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So I have a new address and new family. Before I was that criminal brought into the courtroom, standing before a righteous judge who declares me not guilty. Then he goes a step further and he hands me his house key. And he says, I have legally adopted you as my son. Go to my house and you can live there. I'm not his natural born son or daughter. I've been adopted, but I have the same legal rights and inheritance as the natural born children. Adoption. Fifthly is the word redemption. Redemption means Jesus purchased my freedom by his blood. First Corinthians six nineteen to 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. First century people would have just eaten up this image because so many in the Roman Empire, about a third, were slaves their whole lives. But they could have their freedom purchased for them by someone else. They would be set free from the slave market. All of us were at one time slaves to sin. And Jesus purchased us for God. So we would no longer be slaves to sin. We would be free. We would have a new master, Jesus. Sixth word picture is propitiation. That's an old word that we don't use very much, but it's a powerful word. It means that Jesus satisfied God's demands. First John 2, 2, he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. It means Jesus appeased God's righteous anger. God was angry at sins. He poured his wrath out on them, on Jesus, who bore our sins on the cross. So only the holy, sinless son of God could appease God's holy anger. The seventh word picture is forgiveness. And that word literally means to send away. Jesus sent my sins away. Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. 
And I want to go back to the Old Testament again to show you another beautiful word picture. And that is of the scapegoat. Leviticus 16.10 But the goat on which the lot fell for Azaleel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement over it that it may be sent away into the wilderness to Azael, which is a, a demon being out there of the, in the wilderness. The scapegoat was a beautiful ritual on the Day of Atonement. Remember, I already described how the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle blood on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat. That same day, he would take another goat and place his hands on the head of the goat and figuratively convey Israel's sins to the head of that goat, and then that goat would be led away out into the desert wilderness to die out there. So the word picture is that the people of Israel could see with their own eyes our sins have been taken away and removed from the presence of a holy God. And that innocent animal did that for me. Jesus' death on the cross removed our sins far away from us so that God doesn't see them or hold them against us because they've been removed from his sight and taken away by Jesus. Well, let me close with three tenses of salvation. This is how complete our salvation is. Second Corinthians 1.10 says, He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again or continue to deliver us. So we see all three tenses of salvation right there in one verse. Very cool verse. Firstly, I'm saved in the past from the penalty of sin. That's justification. Already used that word. That means God is no longer mad at me. He doesn't hold my sins against me, but has declared me righteous in his sight. I've been forgiven. Secondly, I'm saved in the present from the power of sin. That's sanctification. I don't have to live in bondage to sin anymore. I'm set free. I may choose to sin and get myself back in bondage again, but I don't have to because I'm not a slave anymore. And I'm becoming more outwardly holy more and more as the Holy Spirit continues to work in me. And we'll get to sanctification down the line. Thirdly, I'm saved in the future from the presence of sin. And that's glorification. Sin won't be in me and with me in heaven. I'll be perfect, sinless, incapable of sin. This is such good news. And I know I experienced this on July 31st, 1977. I know, a long time ago. Have you experienced it? Or have you just thought in your mind, well, I'm a good person. I go to church. I believe in God. I haven't murdered anyone. No. You see that? how that sounds? It sounds like I have to earn it. I have to work for it. No, you just simply receive it. So if you bow your heads and close your eyes, I just want to give an opportunity here this morning. Perhaps there's somebody here that has never understood salvation before. And, and I hope what I've shared makes it clearer. It's a free gift. You just have to receive it.
with your heads bowed and eyes closed before we close our service, just to give an opportunity. If you're here this morning and you would like to receive Christ as your Savior, that you've forsaken your sins, you're turning from them, and you want Him to save your soul, just raise your hand. I'd like to pray for you. Okay, very good. I'll pray for you. Anyone else? Lord, for the, the, the hand that was extended, I just want to pray right now that you will come in and be real, forgive the sins, cleanse him by the blood of Jesus, and that he would be born again and would walk with you in a deeper way than he ever has before and know you as not only a Savior, but as his Lord. And Lord, if there is someone else out there that's weighing this, Lord, I pray that perhaps at their home this afternoon or tonight, they would just simply say, Father, I've sinned against you. Thank you for what you did through Jesus to forgive my sins. I, I accept that. I receive it. I want that in my life. Now come and fill my being with yourself. That I might follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's